What? Can you believe such utter fantastical nonsense pouring out of my mouth? That's the most incredible thing I had so far, and I've heard a bunch already. Back in the days, I mean, what dance was that? I keep forgetting, but I'm sure it was... This is Dr. Tor. This is Professor Feather. <laughs> Dr. Head. And this is the Blue Fez. Bong. 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 <laughs> you are listening to. illustrious, illuminating episode of Unsane Radio. Tonight, children, I got nothing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the 1980s. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We're talking science fiction in the 1980s. Not the 1940s, which I sound like, but the 1980s. <laughs> Just imagine. We're going to start out with the very best of 1980. Wham. The Alien Wham. Dead by Fred yes. Olin Ray. Oh, Buster Crab, what can you say? This is one brilliant no, science fiction movie. Well, no, you, you, okay, can, you cannot say it's brilliant. I saw this at your house, Feather. That's Fred yeah, Olin Ray. Yeah. Buster Crab, too. Crab. No, just Buster Crab 1. <laughs> I like alien, a bib with that. Alien 2. Buster yeah. Crab 1, Aliens 2. So the 1980s uh, was a boom of science fiction. It was also the, the boom. A of, boom. You know, it was when the, the sequels, the franchises started to take off. And it was also the decade of... Um, VHS. VHS and uh, Stephen King movies, Stephen King adaptations. Lots of those. Uh, lots of those. And, and trying to fill Unfortunately, all Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. And, and movie stores. And movie stores. Good ones. Here and there. So if we start taking a look at, uh, you know, going down the list here, in 1980, we have Altered States by ah. Ken Russell. Mm -hmm. In the basement of one of the country's leading medical schools, Dr. Edward Jessup, candidate for a Nobel Prize, is conducting the most dangerous experiment in the history of science. And the subject of the experiment is himself. Ask him what kind of an experience I can expect. It's deafening. The noise is deafening. 
It's blacked out. What happens during these blackout periods is you get the feeling of phenomenal acceleration, like you're being shot out over millions, billions of years. Time simply obliterates. You guys are shooting up with an untested drug that stacks up in the brain and works in the nucleus of the cell, and you don't call that dangerous. Now, I'm asking you to put the experiment off until we understand a little more in order to there minimize the no risk. Way. I'm really frightened. We could be screwing around with this whole genetic structure. Now, how do we stop this? We've got millions of years stored away in that computer bank we call our minds. We have got trillions of dormant genes in us, our whole evolutionary past. Perhaps I've tapped into that. He may be on to something that is beyond our own comprehension. Now, because I believe him, I want this thing stopped. The hell is that? You okay? If you love me, if you love me, Eddie, get fired! Altered States. Ken Russell, yeah. right there. William Hurt, Blair Brown, <laughs> Bob like Balvin. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a yeah, it's an odd movie. Um, and again, yeah. it, it was uh, playing off of the special effects, right? Like what we, you know, because people really got a taste for um, things like the Howling and you know all these other um, who did weird the transformations. For this? Who did the effects for this? I don't know. You tell me. Is it uh, was it Trumbull? I thought it was Rick Baker. I think he did the makeup. I was just curious. I don't know. I think he did like the latex body thing. Yeah, but uh, Altered States was uh, yeah. it was as much a kind of like psychological fil- thriller as it was than the the kind of uh, I don't know external. But William Hurt. But with a good basis in science fiction, in yes. sci- you know right. science. Right, because he and he was using those. Uh, what was it? The deprivation tank and some some ancient ancient yeah. psychedelic drugs, and it was seemed to be transforming him into some sort of Neanderthal. Just yeah. because he transcended, yeah. yeah, primal state, yeah, devolved. Devo. Mm-hmm. We are not Devo. He was a. Are we not? Are we not? Yeah. Because he's like an anthropologist that's uh, studying schizophrenia. So, you know, a lot of the movie has all this kind of subtext uh, about what is what is in his mind and what is not in his mind. And it's Ken Russell. It is Ken Russell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which does make a difference. And, you know, does, <laughs> Which is all right, though. Yeah, what else has Ken Russell oh, done? Yeah. Uh, Lair of the White Worm. Lair of yes. the White Worm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you if you want to know about Lair of the White Worm, go to um, Butchar Cleaver's uh, Meat Cleaver Theater. He just <laughs> did a review on that uh, film, which <clears throat> that he lays was, on the worm. He does well, and it's funny because you know how many of you picked that up on the VHF shelf because of the um, cover. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, great cover. Yeah, and it's yeah. like yeah, it? and that it was written by Bram Stoker. Yep, I and, thought was, would be interesting, yeah. but I remember watching it and. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, that's a good example of a movie that I didn't get to see at the theater. And so it was a definite, you know, a VHS pickup, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, VHS. Um, we were, I, I like a little pure leaf now and then too myself. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we went through I'll a lot of you those. You smoke things. it, I drink it. Thank you. <laughs> but we went but through yeah, a lot the, of VHS, movies. you know, the, the, the advent of, of, of that whole technology, you know, 
a lot of these movies we'll talk about are movies that probably we wouldn't have been able to see at a theater, you know? And so all right. of a sudden, um, you know, it's an influx of, of all of these movies into your home and mm-hmm. that you've maybe read about and knew about, and you know, but just never had a chance. This is some professional, all of a sudden some you had this, yeah. this great opportunity to watch, you know, really good movies and really bad movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just, it and just really was the, odd. Was the movies, era yeah. when bad movies were really starting to come out. Uh, we're talking about, you know, our last episode, we talked about some really bad movies and uh, the, there was some of the worst come out in the alien dead is a really good example, <laughs> you know, of what has, what would come out in the, 80s uh, but altered states then is on the other end of the spectrum you know a really good movie that i was able to see i guess i would have you could i could have seen that in a the theater but i didn't but so luckily i, I was able to see it i did the see that in a the theater did you yes yeah. did anybody else see it in the theater no it was vhs i think it was on vhs for me I think it was cable showtime right yeah oh yeah, states, yeah 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 that's true i know which is a whole another aspect of uh the 80s yeah. Um, getting cable and cable really becoming established and the major stations, Showtime and HBO, mm-hmm. uh, which were instrumental in, in showing a lot of movies that I hadn't yeah. seen. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. On and that. between the two, you've, they've ushered in a whole different dynamic about how films were distributed. They didn't have to really necessarily worry about trying to find the same distribution channels as mainstream movies. So if they're going to go straight to video or to your home or absolutely. through these kind of pay services, you know, I mean, and that goes back to they that. They might come out as a movie, but they're not going to be playing all right. over the place. You know? and, it, and it goes back to that. You don't have to wait LA, anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, you didn't oh, have to wait way, for it, it was, to, uh, to show. John Dykstra did the special effects. Yeah. Oh, right. John Dykstra. And, Brand, Dykes, and yep. Brand Farron. Dick Smith did the makeup. Oh, there you nice. go. Yeah, the um, so with VHS, uh, you know, Char- will the name Charles Band will come up because um, a lot of the proliferation of VHS was the people who were distributing all of this d- this different material. Um, but I also what I like uh, about the difference between cable and uh, VHS was cable was still you had to schedule when it was on, uh, even though it would repeat itself quite a bit. Um, you know, you'd get those movies like I heavy metal. I, it didn't matter what time it was on. Like if it was Which on, is another four, 1980 movie. Yeah, it is. And that, it, it, you know, at four o'clock in the morning, I'd like <laughs> wake up and go down and turn Showtime on, and I'd watch you know Heavy Metal Gang. I love mm-hmm. that movie. Um, but with VHS, it was still the fact that you had to go to a store, you had to leave the house, you had to go someplace, and then you had to decide based on either the blurb on the back or the cover <laughs> on the front what you were going to take home. And then you're like, uh, it's like buying comic books in the seventies. Yeah, it, it was, it was the hunt. Or video games. Yeah. It was the hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the foraging, which really like now, you know, I, I think I spend half my time on these streaming services, just putting shit in my watch list that I'm not going to watch anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, I'd sit there for an, a half an hour and I'm like, oh, I'm tired now. I'm not going to fucking watch anything, you know, because <laughs> it's too, it's too easy and too convenient. Um, but yeah, those are those are really good things. So the next one we have is Battle Beyond the Stars. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You got George something Papard on your cheek. Robert Bond, Richard Thomas. Yeah, Sweaty Papard. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, and Robert Bond with his Phantom of the Opera makeup. Yep, yep. And then uh, <laughs> recently deceased. Um, what's Sean the, the... Connery. No. <laughs> but it was definitely a, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> Wait, that, I, that I science it. fiction, you know, with your tongue in your firmly placed in your right. bit off in your cheek. <laughs> yeah. It's just one a... of the many, many blatant 
imitations of Star Wars. You know, right. Star Wars ushered in Seven this whole Samurai. New yes. Galaxy faring yes. adventure. You know, kind of a reemergence. Reemergence. And didn't the, his didn't his uh, spaceship have like tits? Yes, and it uh, also had a female voice. And uh, look at my tits. <laughs> um, but I, I, I Big bold and brassy. I had never watched it when it was on, uh, you know. But I just recently watched it within the last year, and uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed oh, no, the, the whole kind of you know get the getting the the band together and um, you know trying to do all this stuff. And Sweaty Papard is awesome. You know, seriously, like, yeah, okay, I'm a cowboy, I'm a trucker, uh, I smoke a lot, I sweat a lot, um, and I've got... I'm a toka. Where's my I'm van? I'm a smoker. <laughs> Come here, I'm PA. a sweaty papad. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then it's got John Boy, right? Right. Right, he was desperate to get away from from doing stuff with little, or the... Uh, Walt being John Boy. Walt. Yeah, and who, being John Boy. Yeah, and right. who, who is the bad yeah. guy? Who is the ultimate bad? He didn't player? accomplish it, but he John tried. Sexton. No, uh, yeah, he, the few things he did, you know, like it and those other ones. Yeah, he, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah. yeah. Action Saxon. Yeah, it has John Saxon in it. So. Oh, that's yes. the one that's the fan of makeup. That's right, John Saxon. That's right. John Saxon. Yeah, we're not talking. Sax off. Yes, yeah, we're not talking about Zardoz here. <laughs> I like Zardoz. Oh, we could, but we uh, should. We should. We should. We should mention since you said that. R.I.P. Um, Sean Connery, yeah, who just yeah. passed. But however, little chubby lives on. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch you my name is, too? if you watch my name is Earl, you know what I'm talking about. Shopping. <laughs> All right, so we also have uh, probably uh, and arguably the best um, Star Wars movie in the franchise, which is The Empire Strikes Back. Ah, see, oh, I yeah. talked about that earlier. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Why, why is it so good? I don't know. Just well, it takes the characters and pushes them in new directions. You, you, I always said it takes it takes these characters that were in the first movie, slaps them around a little bit. You get to see what they're made of, puts them in situations we weren't expecting them, and then leaves us at the end with kind of a cliffhanger. We're like, well, wait, this didn't wrap up all happy. What the hell's gonna happen? And but drops I guess... a few bombs. And I remember walking out of the theater as a kid, and I'm just like. What the hell did I just watch? Oh my god! Yeah, and you're as a kid, you're like going, "I got a hell of a fucking year ahead of me." Waiting for the next <laughs> one, right? You're like, "Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ!" Like, you did. <laughs> but, oh, that's funny. But it's a. It, it, that's like everything else. I, it's also because Irvin uh, Irvin Kirshner was the director, and it literally felt like it was somebody who liked actors, which we know George Lucas does not. You know, I mean, it's. Like actors are nothing but in the way. Um, he likes technology. He does, and you've seen him ruin performances, you know, and ruin really good actors um, and good movie kinda, potentials. Yes, right. exactly. Many times before, um, but yeah, Empire Strikes Back is uh, really good, and again, it's just got that surprise ending too. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's the big reveal. You know, it's like Luke, I am your father. Oh, spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If there's anybody out there that hasn't seen this movie that listens to this podcast, I would be real surprised. Yeah. And, and my favorite You're character in the Star Wars franchise, Yoda. Me. I'm sorry. That, that, <laughs> that, that whole thing getting fr- – I, I, I like Yoda. I see Dr. – I see Professor Feather over there. He's shaking his head. No. I, it's Frank Oz. That's a, yeah. It's, I love the character. Stupid, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yes. 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 Yes
<laughs> Sass me, you won't. Come over and bitch slap you, I will. <laughs> Stupid fuck am I. Up your ass, my lightsaber will go. <laughs> Pimp slap you, I will. I did like Yoda. <laughs> I really did like Yoda. And, and the CG stuff in the, in the, in the prequels. You know, even if yes. and the puppetry, I, there were times where, I That's mean, I, I like, yeah. only that it was But they look like puppets. Puppet, but I, I kind of generally forgot that it was a puppet. I mean, it looked, it was just, I was totally immersed and oh. I bought it and I just accepted it. You didn't it. care. Yeah. There's Yoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Was, they he, did a good job. It was job. a great character. Um, the set design I thought was beautiful. You know, and that movie, and I loved the battle scene on Hoth. It was just so yes, exciting yeah, and yeah. thrilling. Um, you know, I was I think thirteen when I saw this and in good, the theater, and one of the um, last stop motion <laughs> animation type things going on. Too. I saw it in the theater, the drive-in theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. And with the it was Empire, done. yeah, yeah. You yes, have to watch. You have it's to. It's the watch. only one I really like. Watch the cinematography in that too. Uh, a lot of people, yes. you know, because mm-hmm. you get distracted by all the story. The cinematography is masterful. I mean, it is like the yeah. way they set up and move those cameras in such small, subtle ways. Framing, yeah. and foreground frame, all these different kinds of things are just, they're just crazy. Yeah. More like they, they, they got their story down and then they turn it over to a real craftsman as far as what they what they turned it, the Empire Strikes Back turned it to be. And yeah, it just really lifts up. Well, and you, you know, everybody... My sentimental favorite is still Star Wars, I think because I just have so many associations with it as a, a, the kid who saw it. Right. But, but... But as a movie goes, yes, uh, Empire Strikes Back, it's just got so many great moments, and I, I, it's, it's hard not to love it. it it's one of those, I, I don't know, it, I, I guess it's one of these two movies that you kind of, in my opinion, just kind of, they just kind of flow together anyway. You know I mean? It's like, yeah, you had to wait in between them, but yeah. I, that's, I, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about the disappointment that is Return of the Jedi here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Say, oh, I see uh, Blue Fez is giving me the sidelong look like, what? A bitch? Oh, no, no, I, I agree. Oh, okay, good. All it, right. you're, you're talking about Lucas liking stuff and technology over actors because he saw how great Yoda was and said, we need to do this in another movie times 10,000. I want all the Muppets in this shit. <laughs> I want wee Wookiees. <laughs> I, that's what I heard was he really wanted Wookiees originally, but they couldn't find the actors to play the Wookiees. Is that true? And they, the, the way they went to the Ewoks. They did it for the Wookiees. The Wookiees. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was disappointing. Those Ewoks, that whole battle scene was like, oh, come on, man. These fucking stormtroopers should be slaughtering these guys. All right. So you even, know? you know, if we move on from Empire Strikes Back, we now have Flash Gordon. What plaything can you offer me today? The planet Earth. What's happening? It's an attack. Pathetic earthlings. Who can save you now? Flash! They'll kill you! Let's all team up and fight him. Prepare for torture! I want him. Stop it, nothing. Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the Earth. Flash Gordon is still alive. Gordon's alive? Yes! Must be my lucky day. 
Blades of Glory, baby. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I love this it movie. Fly, it was it was a good good uh, plug for ki- or a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> a very different movie. That's a different movie. Yeah. So right. <laughs> okay, I want some queen. Queen. There we go. Queen and kiss. Same thing. Oh, close. That's They're close. It's rumored that no, <laughs> Freddie Mercury is uh, Gene Simmons. Nice. Oh. <laughs> I'm yeah, not. Like I am. I'm right sorry. No, no, I was no, never no. a fan. At the close, was just this really bright, kind of garishly primary colored version of of the serials. It kept the the sense of fun and adventure. Yes. You know, I I wasn't crazy about the movie. I I have to watch it again because I haven't seen it probably since 1980. No. But I love Flash Gordon, and I really want to come to it with that kind of love. Like, I like the character. I love how silly and wonderful these serials are, and just, just, you know. And I, I would love to. I'll have to watch it again sometime. But it, did you it like? So um, right. Hmm? Did Did you like uh, John Carter of Mars? Like the one that came out a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. the Disney one. That came out in 1980? <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Uh, oh, no, oh, I uh, No, I, I, I did not think it was it was well done. I thought it was uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I kind of liked it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, we'll probably talk about that offline. See, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Except for the first 10 minutes of the movie, which I thought were a waste of stuff. That's because it had a spy kid. It had a spy kid in it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Flash Gordon was uh, great. And, again, I, I think uh, if you watch the old serials, you know, prior to that um, and then watch that movie, it became a lot more um, – it made a lot more sense because you had you no, know, this, it, this kind of uh, uh, weird, um, over-the-top, exaggerated acting, story, all that kind of effects. stuff. Yeah, and, and, oh, and, you know, you've got Max von Sydow. So saves everything, <laughs> right? Max von Sydow? No. No. <laughs> Did he two play words. chess in this one or not? He played with somebody's chess. He plays with Bing's somebody's chess. Daughter. Ming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ding dong. Daughter. Is it cold or is it just me? Uh, I love the, the my favorite scene in that movie is when they have that uh, tilting uh, platform that has oh. the spikes coming out of it. Yeah, and they throw the dude with the mask on it, and his eyes bulge out of the mask, and <laughs> yeah. his tongue his tongue comes rolling out of the mask. You're like, oh, that is so gruesome. Yeah, Cletus. Flash. Cletus. Yeah, Cletus. Yeah. Gotta throw him on the throw him on the torture wheel. Oh, yeah. and, and you have a James. Cletus? You have what? you have one of the James Bonds in there. You know, Timothy Dalton. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Right. He played one of the uh, best James Bonds, in my opinion. Uh, yes. James yeah. Well, one of the closest to the to the original James Bond. Isn't he the, the tree guy, Baron? Yes. Yeah, reach into the tree. That was also a very tense scene. You know, it was very well done. Yeah, um, yeah it was great because it was, it was literally a comic book. You know, it was n- nothing like it. And they got this guy. Uh, there's, a, there's a documentary out there uh, about the guy who played Flash Gordon. Um, and it's really cool. Yeah, it is. It's really he's a really kind of an interesting guy, um, but uh, he's totally is a Flash Gordon. <laughs> like he, he's a he's just a jock, you know, who ended up getting this part for for this uh, particular thing. Because he looked like Flash Gordon. So is Flash Gordon? So what's the origin of Flash Gordon? Is it in comic books? Is it in the serials? It was it was, it was a comic. 
a comic, comic strip. strip. I mean, comic, comic strip. strip. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, comic strip. And then it and yes. then it became yeah, like, the serial. Like paper strips. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have a, a volume of the first comic strips by Al Williamson, um, the artist. Oh my God! Yeah. It's that dude's a draftsman and a half. Like it's just amazing to watch his. They're beautiful know, to stuff. look at. I mean, the, the, yeah, the art is really yeah. something yeah, it's special. Amazing. Didn't he create uh, Buck Rogers too? Oh, he did a bunch of stuff. He was a very famous uh, comic artist, but really good stuff. All right, so the next one that we have on here is Hangar 18. <laughs> oh, nice. Is that it, the one with Darren McGavin? Yes, and Robert yeah. Vaughn. Yeah. Yep. yep. And it's, I remember that on, uh, what was it? Movie so Channel. That was the name from Google. Google. The the ghoul. Yeah, the Ghoul played this. The Movie Channel played oh, did, it all the did time. Did he? Yeah. yeah, when he was back. Yeah, he did an episode of Hangar 18. Right. The ghoul parts were good. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a bad movie. It is. It's terrible. But I just, uh, I, I just remember it. You know, being on TV. It sucks too. I really, Darren McGavin. I really like Darren McGavin. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. He's but a you good know, actor, and I like some of the stuff he's done. You know, over the years. You know, I mean, is, he's in one mile time favorite movie. That's yeah. you know, a Christmas story. Night Stalker. Um, and yeah. Night, and he was Night Stalker. Cold check. He, right. he was also a. Um, a Mike Hammer in early on. Oh yeah. In probably the late fifties or something like that. He was, uh, he did a TV series, Mike Hammer. Now, that's where I first knew him, you know, first started liking him. He's also the, he's the bad guy in dead heat. <laughs> he, uh, you know, what's kind of interesting too. It's right. like, it's hangar 18. This is like when, uh, what was it? Area 51 really starts to, yeah, well, there was a TV. to be more popular. There was a TV I mean? show called yeah. Project Blue Book. Yeah, that was on yeah. like in the seventies. I remember that, and it was a really which cheap. Was Project Blue Book was a real government. Uh, yeah, a real government Project. farce. Let's not get into that. Okay, so the last one that uh, I think in nineteen eighty, unless somebody else has something, is somewhere in time, uh, ah. with Christopher Reeve, Jane Seymour, Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan, but it's it is a huge. Uh, it's very popular. Like it is. Yeah. You know, yeah I didn't like it primarily because of Christopher Reeve. Um, I'm just not a Christopher Reeve fan. I think he can't act his way out of a. Well, he could. Oh, I just didn't. Yeah, think those are fighting good. words. Those <laughs> are fighting words. And the dude. movie, the movie. I thought the movie had a had a had a potential, but because he was in it, I you know, and I even tried not. You know, I tried to let that not influence me, but it. For some reason, that certain actors I just can't take them. Okay. The movie could be great, and I just just don't you know, like them. Yeah. Just doesn't like. I can't like it because, or I can't like it as well because I don't like the actor. I which think is you know unfortunate. Yeah. Sometimes I can divorce myself from that. But Christopher Reeve is one. I guess to me, the the original Superman was one of the most abominable movies ever made, and. And he is one of the reasons it was so abominable. He was so bad. No, and one the, of the greatest the, acting. The Wicked okay. Witch of the West flying scenes were were just so bad. So <laughs> Superman two. Superman in Superman is one of the greatest oh. acting scenes in a fucking film ever. And that's What's when that? he, that's when he's in the apartment of uh, um, oh, Lois yeah. Lane, and he's Lane. He, he's talking to himself because she's left the room, and he takes off his glasses and stands up straight, and he gets this look on his face. He's Superman. He puts the glasses back on and slumps back down and becomes Clark Kent. Yeah, that is a good scene. That is I, an I agree. awesome scene. So. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, and Doctor Head just mentioned what came out in 1980, Superman Two. I yeah, I think Superman Two is the best of the 
of the the that franchise. Superman two feels like a comic book put to put to motion. You know, it's it's got the silly fights, it's got the great villains, it's got the sets that look look great. Um, you know, there are a couple of things I'm I'm not crazy about it, but at, at its heart, you know, it feels and looks like a comic book, and that's that's what I liked about it so much. And the the, the three and four were just abominations, but. Oh. Uh, yeah. Superman two, I thought, you know, this is, this is way, this is a lot better. They developed it finally, and bringing back the, these criminals from the, the, um, the negative zone. The negative zone. Yeah. I thought was just, just a lot of fun. You know, I mean, they just chewed up. It was, it was so over the top. <laughs> Great actors know. in that too. Yeah, it was just, it was just fun to fight in the city, you know, and you could tell it was a set, and that was kind of part of the beauty of it. You know, all this wire stuff is being hidden and the damage. And I, I just like dislike it all. Yeah, fuck you, Kung Fu. I kept, I, all throughout that movie, I kept thinking, screw like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Luthor. <laughs> oh, no. Gene Hackman, too. Oh, you, man. You think that about everything, though. Well, that's true. <laughs> you think that's true. You show up at a party, squeal like a pig. <laughs> All right, so we're 25 minutes in, and we've just finished 1980. <laughs> the next 16 episodes will be plowing through the <laughs> All right, so anything else in 1980? Superman is legitimate. They they mentioned those uh, in the list that I was looking at. Um, I just didn't put them in there because I was like, okay, more of a superhero movie. Yeah. Um, but it is science fiction. It, well, it's still science fiction. It is, yeah. No, it would, so we were discussing yeah. that. You know. All right, so 1981, uh, Escape from New York. Yeah. Escape from New York. <laughs> Lee Van Not to be Cleef. confused with Escape from L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Which is its own silly fun. Yes. But Escape from New really. York is great. I mean, come it on. Kurt Russell, yeah. Lee Van Cleef. Come on. You know, you can't. Which, which you know, is Donald the. Pleasance. The father. Yeah, just, there's another one. This is a, a graphic novel turned into a uh, movie. Yes, yeah. Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. And the father of yeah. all sorts of Italian ripoffs of this movie. <laughs> Bronx, 3000. Yep. yep. <laughs> and uh, apparently everything that was discarded in New York at that time was a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Carpenter was fresh off of the assault on Precinct 13. And he, you know, so he yes, was doing, that's true. He was doing these exploitation films, and that's what Escape from New York is. It's pure exploitation. Oh yeah, oh yes. You know, and completely silly, and it's it's wonderfully done. Yep. Everyone in there, it's he sells it. Yep. I buy this idea, Snake Plissken. He's just a badass, which he carries that character over into the thing. I think basically, I hear, I look at the thing, and I'm like, oh, it's Snake Plissken. It, it, it is. Oh it yeah, really you is. know, yeah. And and Kurt Russell's great, and everyone, Adrian, and Park, and, Park, and Park, Snake Plissken also appears in. Uh, uh, big trouble in Little China. Yeah, you know, and it's oh, no. I, uh, too. It's it's so incredibly entertaining. And, and also in the Hateful Eight. <laughs> right, he's just everywhere. And that Santa Claus movie he did. Goddamn snake! <laughs> you snake that Elvis movie. The gift, you goddamn bastards! What about that time he played Elvis? <laughs> he did do Elvis. He did do Elvis. Um, yeah, uh, Escape from New York is uh, great because uh, it's it is that exploit. And it's got that kind of cheap feel to it, even though this is a guy who, you know, could get budgets and all that kind of stuff and decides to go back. And if you, it, oh, the best no, part about DVD was when they came out with commentaries, their commentary was it was always Kurt Russell and John Carpenter going, do you remember how much beer and cigarettes we smoked and drank after we got <laughs> done with that scene? <laughs> 
Well, that's another thing Gadfly is bringing up, uh, the whole VHS technology allowed um, that to happen, you know, to get some of that backstory, you know, that, you know, and the, the, you know, I thought that was just pretty cool. And then with the, especially that really came into its own with the DVDs. But that's yeah. A little bit and trailers to lead you to yeah. other things like yes. this. And it was just. Yes. So would you guys consider this movie kind of the start of the sort of post-apocalyptic craze that we had in the 80s? Uh, Mad, I, Mad I, Max would, I think Mad yeah, Max. was the boy and his dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that was 70s. That's like, yeah. what, That's what I, I think, think they the kind of flowed yeah. together, though. I mean, it, there was uh, that, uh, what was the one we talked about? Uh, Mad Max and... Um, the Landmaster. Yeah, when did Mad Max come out? That came out. When was that the... Was 78, I think. Like Damnation Alley, when was that? Yeah. So, yeah, see, there's a, that's, you know, there's the, the big post-apoc. But this is right in there. This is right in that genre, the post-apocalyptic uh, genre. All right. Well, yeah, that's right. Because when we hit 81, we'll hit Mad Max, too. And that's kind of the, yes. the, right. the, yes. the, the anchor film for that. Mr. Yeah. Raggedy Man. Yeah. But let's uh, let's uh, go back to heavy metal. Wait, wait. You, missed, oh, you, you passed up heart beeps. Okay, oh. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Oh. And Randy Quaid, Bernard Peters. Come on. I was wondering if somebody was going to mention. Yeah, I was, <laughs> and I was going to say, with, with a galaxy of terror. Him. Yeah, Roger Corman, yeah, influence, um, which is yeah, which is a fun movie. But coming coming back to Heartbeeps, <laughs> Heartbeeps is one of my guilty pleasures. I absolutely <laughs> love that movie, just absolutely love it. But that I was a big Andy Kaufman fan to begin with, and I like Bernadette Peters in it Thank really you very well. much. I just liked everything. Every, I liked everything. Well, see, there's where I just, where me and Kaufman go our separate ways. I wasn't big into Lotka. Um, I liked his other things that he did way more. Um, but anyway, I like, I, I agree, Dr. H- I, I, Heartbeeps has to be mentioned because, and that is a science fiction movie. Yeah, robots falling in love. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, it's a it's something that, like, film. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're thinking of it, you know, the idea of it's something you would think Ray Bradbury could have written a story yes. about robots yeah. falling in love. It has that yeah. soft human touch. You yes, know? it does. It does. Yeah. And then and one think, goes crazy and starts killing killing people in a mall. Oh, yeah. Well, Ray Bradbury that, does robot porn. Innocence that comes through. Right. You yeah. know, that, that he's kind of gotten that that's that was kind of his shtick. There a certain innocence, you know, that he he, he conveyed in whatever he did. And I think that came through really well in heartbeats. Yeah, today it would be a vibrator meets a fleshlight. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> you probably have. Oh, Come yeah. on. Oh, your do- your downloads <laughs> too it. quick. Tars tales. You mentioned heavy metal. Well, we, well let's go back. Galaxy of Terror. Has how how many of you have seen that? I know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah everybody. Yeah, seen everybody it. has mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah. Roger Foreman. I saw it in the theater too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. So nobody has got to say. That's all we got to say. That just kind of cut there, didn't it? All right. So, like, uh, anybody have anything heavy to say metal. about Galaxy of Terror? No. Okay, what heavy metal. metal. <laughs> We've said enough about Galaxy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've seen it. We saw it. That's enough. Okay, so Heavy Metal was one of my... Heavy Metal. Yeah, it was one of my most watched movies probably ever, like over and over, you know, and I still to this day can watch that movie. Um, and a lot of it is as the voice acting is great. 
um, but also because there's all these different uh, people who've designed, you know, those different stories. You know, you can tell what's Moebius and what's, you know, uh, all these different uh, artists who influenced all that stuff. And they're very true to that, you know. Uh, and they, they tried, yeah. Yeah, they tried, yeah. yeah. Like Corbin, yeah. you know, the Corbin, the Corbin yeah. stuff. Corbin, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's just a collection of, like, the horror and sci-fi. And, and I think my, f- my favorite story of the whole movie is the one that takes place on the bomber. Oh, know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was really, really effectively done and creepy. and The animation um, is great on that. Yeah. And the soundtrack, I mean, obviously the soundtrack is awesome. I mean, you got Black oh, yeah. Sabbath, Mob Rules. I mean, man, it's just such a, a power. Well, that marriage of you know, heavy metal, the music, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. the science fiction. <laughs> what, it, was found, it, it was found heavy metal, and it was also heavy metal that was written for the music. So they combined both. You know? Yes. So, they, they, you know, so uh, like Cheap Trick has the one, uh, uh, you must be dreaming to think I love you. I mean, it's just like these weird fucking... And then they get, you know, uh, Devo in there. Devo. You know, yeah, with yeah. working in a coal Which mine. Which is great. Yeah, That's exactly. A great, it's a great it's a, rendition. And it's, it's paired perfect with all that stuff. That's what I said. I could watch. that. Way, I would literally set my alarm and watch when it was going to be on HBO or Showtime. And I would wake up at the time and, and watch it and then go back to sleep and, you know, whatever. Just because of <laughs> I did that with other movies, older movies. Was, it has one funny. of my favorite songs in it, Veteran of Psychic Wars. It's one of my oh, so one of my all time favorite songs. Yep. I really like that song. But there's not a bad song on that. There uh, really isn't. Yeah, on yeah. That, that song just grabbed me. It, I, I'm I'm really big Blue Oyster Cult fan anyway. So uh, speaking of science fiction, um, Blue Oyster Cult is very heavy in into science fiction. If you listen to much of their music, mm-hmm. uh, very heavy into it. Well, I, I was excited yeah, they when do, they, they, they do a podcast about science fiction in, mo- in movies, science fiction and horror. I mean, in music and popular music, science fiction and horror, because there's a lot of groups that cover uh, science fiction and horror themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got to talk about that sometime. Yeah, good. let's do that. What were you going to say, uh, Blueface? Uh, I was going to say, and I was really excited when you, you finally got Elmer Bernstein's score to the movie. Um, and I, I have a version of the soundtrack that it, it's in chronological order. So it'll start with his orchestral score and then like go into the, you know, the more popular music and it just interweaved. And because it's Elmer Bernstein is one of those composers that the minute you hear his music, they're like, ah, it's Elmer Bernstein. Or you're like, oh, that's Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, that's heavy metal. You're like, you, you anchors the movie immediately. That's what I always loved. Yeah, and that's what I said. And it, it, just to be clear, it's a, it's based on a popular uh, British um, French, anthology French. or French. I'm sorry, French anthology uh, magazine. I was going to say European, just yeah, to graphic be, magazine. Yeah, graphic magazine, uh, which still published today. Um, still, which um, is great. Stuff. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think I've actually colored two stories that have appeared in Heavy Metal. Oh, sweet! Oh, nice. yeah. oh hey, cool. Cool. So the. Um, after heavy metal, we have uh, everybody's favorite, the incredible shrinking woman. Yeah, Lily Tomlin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lily Tomlin. But one of Joel Schumacher's. Did, did Joel Schumacher give Lily Tomlin her nipples? Yes. Yeah. He he gave her four. <laughs> and uh, she he gave six. He, well, that's uh, she's got cut short. He get he still selling them short. And he gave Ned Beatty a a, a pig's tail. And <laughs> yeah, and nipples on his ass. And uh, Ned, yeah. wiggle it. And uh, Henry Gibson, he didn't give anything. <laughs> I don't give a damn, Gibson. I love Henry Gibson. Oh, I love him too with the Burbs. Yeah. Oh, um, he was great in the Blues Brothers. 
<laughs> didn't he recite he poetry? Was he? But didn't he do the and laughing? Didn't he do the poetry? Yes. Oh, he was in laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also have the the ever present John Glover, who plays every slimy bad guy in everything <laughs> ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. We I need a bad guy called John Glover. I, I don't He'll even, do it. I don't think I've ever seen this movie. Has anybody seen this one? What? Which one? Pre- the Incredible Woman? Woman. Yeah. Yeah, oh, way yeah, back in the yeah. day, it was like yeah. on cable, like HBO yeah. or yeah. Yeah. it was yeah. like yeah. the only thing to watch. Yeah, Very probably like 1984. Or Not a good movie. Not really yeah, good movie. <laughs> well, once, one, a one and done. Yep. Yeah, it, and I remember seeing it, though. Kind of freaked me out a little bit as a teen. I mean, there's something really, I don't know. I, it's like you could see The Incredible Shrinking Man. I'm completely enthralled. This movie... I felt a little uncomfortable. I'm not sure why. I, it was just weird. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was the whole family dynamic thing that she's having this thing happen to her while she's still a mom and all that. It was just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I did see that. Now that now that you've said all this, I'm like, okay, I remember that. <laughs> it's like the, the dollhouse. Really top one and, and, and it was a Rick it was. Baker gorilla. I've got a dollhouse for you. Uh, Live in this box of lemon heads. <laughs> <laughs> one ringy dingy. <laughs> here come to judge here come to judge where's my big chair all right uh, so let's move on that's to the ma- truth yeah, let's- <laughs> that is we're great, that is yeah, we're great. Yeah. so let's move on in seminoid yes uh, yes in seminoid uh, go ahead talk about that one uh, Horny this movie aliens. was one of the best british movies that i've ever seen oh um, yeah I remember watching this at the theater. I went to the theater and saw this. Um, I was like second row in, you know, and Ooh. and those those big spread leg scenes were just amazing. <laughs> Larger than life. Larger than life. It's almost like a scratch. Did I put the roast beef away? So I could park a car in there. Wow. Yeah, I think it was called Horror Planet in the United States when I saw it. But yeah. Yeah. Can't have the word "oid" in a movie. That's <laughs> true. Right? It was just could not. Didn't oid. want to have that. Oid. Avoid the noid. Almost didn't get it past the censors. You know. So. Let's yeah. move on. Uh, yeah, we're Mad gonna Max. go. Yeah, Mad, Mad Max, Max too. Yeah, the Road Warrior. Um, man, talk about a radical change and. and Welcome uh, back. Uh, Midnight Gaffly, we were just now talking about Mad Max 2. Just started. Yeah. A, a radical move up from the original Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Which, which had, the poster was great. And when I finally saw it, I'm like, God, it's so slow. It's just so boring. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they just, like, it was ramped it up to, to 10 and with this, the outlandishness. Like, they really finally fully fleshed out this this post-apocalyptic world and and uh, the character of mad max as the road warrior the need for gasoline all these things you know with this crazy subculture and almost you know like fanatical religious tones and just like jesus is that what we're all gonna look like when like <laughs> in about 20 years you yes. know all these people dressing badly but um what a what a fun movie, man! Just exciting and fun. A visualization of 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 post apocalyptic um, times as yeah. as they were because it um, in the eighties this was not just a popular theme in movies. This was a very popular theme in books, in uh, science fiction novels. Uh, very mm-hmm. popular, and so this but this was the absolute epitome of it and you're right and when i look at the original mad max after watching mad max 2 i'm going oh mm-hmm. mad max 1 was backstory 
you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was. It was really. Yeah. And then right. when you start thinking about it in hindsight, it is really good backstory. Like you said, it's very mm-hmm. slow. But like most backstories, you know, it, it has mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of depth that you, as a as a visual, you know, uh, me- medium, it doesn't quite right. work the way you want it to. But then then I think George, you know, Miller just, you know, I, I think he had the vision, you know, and I think then when two came out. Right. That's, you know, he, Did, he was he was spot on. Have you yeah. ever seen uh, The Cars That Ate Paris? It was like a, an Australian movie where they. I might have. <laughs> but they, they dressed out the cars to go hunt other cars and run them off the road. And they took the people and all that stuff. Yes, Race 2000? Yeah, well, it was something <laughs> like that. But it was just, anyway, just think of the Mad Max, how they dressed the cars and things like that. Just going, you know, where, what elements they drew drew from. You know, but anyway, you know, you saw that they always show that picture of the like the little bug that has all the spikes all over it. Yeah, like, the the Road Warriors. I mean, I think it, the best part about it is well, not the best part, but one of the things that stuck with uh, its popularity was that it was punk rock and it was new wave, like it, all those kind of you know the 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 design and all that kind of stuff. Oh, but it, but yeah. it was also the evolution of the character itself where he was a family man in that first movie, you know, and had his family taken from him and now he doesn't want to get attached to anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the dog mm-hmm. is the only thing he wants to be attached to. Everybody else he just tries to push away, but he can't can't quite do it, you know. And that's been a theme that's a theme through all of the movies um right up to the the most recent one where he wants to just not have anything to do with anybody, uh, but can't help. But you know, he can't fight his nature, which is to help and to be, you know, uh, somebody who's uh, actually positive and trying to help other people. He's a hero. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, and I think you know, we were talking about like even the third one. Um, Doctor Tar said he loved the third one because he had a crush on uh, who was it? Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the third one it would be great if they didn't have the whole Peter Pan thing, you know, off in the in the desert with the kids. So, and we'll get to that later in the eighties. I, I, I don't know. That didn't bother yes. me. But, uh. So uh, we also have uh, in nineteen eighty. What is this? What are you still in? You were in eighty one. We're still in eighty one. Holy shit! Okay, so we have Outland. Yeah, wow. Sean Connery. Sean Connery, yep. who just right. Uh, right, and Peter Boyle. Peter and Boyle. Peter Boyle. Shotguns yeah. and big glass yeah. panels. There's a new sheriff on the moon of Saturn. <laughs> That's right. It's a very good cowboy. Oh, it's yep. an awesome. Yeah. Movie. It's a space cowboy. Yeah, uh, or, right. or detective. You know, yeah. kind of a you know, almost got it. There's there's even a touch of noir yeah. in it. You Absolutely. know, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like well, I mean, I liked it a lot. I, yeah, I, I do too. It's high noon, you know. It's the yes. it's the science fiction oh, yes. remake of high noon, yes. and the story is classic and timeless. But it is know? hard for me to get over the shotguns and. and it, it also shows a lot of those themes that you see a lot in the '80s sci-fi movies, where there's the bad corporation. Yes, you know. Yeah. And there's the really guy who finds out the finds out the whatever they're doing, whether it's drugs or <laughs> yeah. doing something illegal. He finds it out, and then they they try to squelch it. So lots of, I mean, lots I see this consistently and... through a lot of these. 80s, especially in some of the ripoffs of Alien, that oh, yeah. you see, you know, like the Abyss, and flashing lights, these other and kinds of dry other, other movies. But um, this also makes the workers yeah. in the union look bad too. Like they, they basically look every because the drugs are not just being moved by the corporation; they're being moved by the people who are organizing the workers and all this kind of stuff. 
I, this is one of the things I like about Outland is that it doesn't really point a finger, but it just says like, it says size of an organization is relevant or relative to the corruption <laughs> possible in that organization. Mm -hmm. Like this is just how it is. These people are hard workers. They're going to play hard. They want to work hard, and they're stuck out in space. You know, so you know it's like this is this is how it is. And then to top it off, you have Sean Connery, who has one of the best charismatic uh, persons, you know, on film, I think. I think he just commands the, the, the scenes when he's in the scene. I think he's a – I've always thought he was a, a really good actor. And I just think, you know, he just lends himself. And that, I think that it was a big thing, that one of the reasons I liked it. But I would have liked the movie if it – you know, it could have started Henry Gibson. I'd probably still like it. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a new chef in town. Would you guys like to help me fight these bad guys? <laughs> and if you a go, poem by Henry Gibson. you got to go for Sean Connery's best line ever, and that's in Medicine Man, when he says, Have you ever lost your car keys? <laughs> <laughs> His best line is from... <laughs> The, not the real Sean Connery, the from the spoof. A, oh, the uh, SNL. Yeah, I'll take anal <laughs> bum covers for five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite line, even though he never said it. School <laughs> rule, Trebek. I'll take I'll take eight tits for one hundred. No, Mama Trebek. Your Mama Trebek. <laughs> All right, so Outland. If you have not seen that movie, that's a that's a must see. It's Outlandish. It really yeah, uh, I just <laughs> want to bring up one that's called Per Aspera Ad Astra. Uh, Never I, saw it. Yeah, no. um, I have not is either. A Soviet but it, movie? It is. Is uh, that that one that was just remade? With, well, the, no, with, um, it has nothing to do. That, no, Ad it Astra has, was that the no, remake? It, it has nothing to do with that. I think Ad Astra is just Latin for of space or something like that. Oh, I see. Um, but I just brought that up because, you know, in 81, there was this movie called that. And now we have Ad Astra. Okay. Have you guys seen Ad Astra? I have. Nope. Mm -hmm. I thought it was awesome. I was really impressed with it. So I think it's a really good science fiction it's, movie. It's visually, it's very beautiful. Uh, the, the, the story left me wanting a little bit, a little bit. It was a little lean, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as a whole. It was a, it was a good journey. It was a good movie to just sit back and let it go at its own pace. You know, it was good. Okay, well, and then the last movie, unless somebody else has something from 81, we're going to talk about David Cronenberg's Scanners. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that. My name is Daryl Revick. <laughs> I'm going to scan you. Revick. Oh, God, I love Scanners. Yeah. I love this movie so much. Hey, it's uh, David Cronenberg. What's not the love? Yeah, well, this was the scene. I don't think I even realized. Yeah, you know, bursting boil you. Yeah, you're right. Fourteen or so, you know, and I, I just wanted to watch a good movie. And the scene where the guy gets his head scanned and it blows up, I sat there in the theater like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, how the fuck did they do that?" And uh, from then on, I said, I immediately changed what I was going to do. I said, "I'm going to be a makeup artist." Yeah, I'm you've said this before. You told us, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it was that that movie, and my friends loved it so much. We all went to see it several times, and we were walking around the school. We think we were like in eighth grade or something, walking around school, and every time we had seen each other, we were pretend that we were scanners. So we were like, <laughs> oh, we were trying to scan each other. You know? It and, never worked. Uh, did it? No, no, okay. not that I know. Of. I did pop a blood vessel, but that's right. <laughs> he is but, known as Doctor yeah, Head now. 
what a great movie and it, it looks so cold and bleak you know shot up in canada and just <laughs> has that weird wet look that cronenberg's movies kind of kind of did with like they got know. a cold they, they all yeah, cold. yeah yeah kind of kind of uh a certain starkness to it yeah that yeah exactly but he did one of the best yeah, stephen a, king it, and, stories and, and it was a you know in in the genre it was very well received you know as a as a, a good science fiction movie and it was you know lauded and rightfully so and cronenberg was just you know establishing himself as the master that he is and kind of that body horror yeah, we'll see a lot of Cronen- we'll see a lot of Cronenberg in uh, in the eighties yes. here. So, yes. oh, uh, yeah. but I think we're going to wrap this episode up because we're at about forty five minutes already, gentlemen. Right. Nineteen eighty one through two years. Two years. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say. This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Head. And Bonk, this is the Poofaz. <laughs> and you are listening to... Unseen Radio. Unseen Radio. Unseen Radio. Oh, oh, oh. I was in an altered state there for a minute. I was in a per-aspera ad astra. Insane <laughs> 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 radio at gmail.com. Write to us. Leave us a five-star review. Do a screenshot. Send it to us. And we will send you a original drawing. By... I don't know. One of us. Yeah, Blue Fez. One of us. One of us. Gobble gobble. If you're getting one from Dr. Head, it's going to be a sweet ass stick figure because that's all I can do. <laughs> I've never seen a stick figure with an ass. <laughs> sweet ass. Hey. Speaking of sweet asses, we freaks on Facebook. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We got Mark Justice on Facebook. Mark Justice has three books out. You can purchase any of his books at Amazon.com. Just look up Mark Justice, and they will <laughs> magically appear in front of you. You can order them. And I believe that they are all three just hardbound books. Paperback. Is that true? Paperback. Just hardbound? Paperback? Paperback? Yeah. They're paperback. Oh, treat, yeah, I want treat, my paperback, paperback, paperback. Yeah, hardbound is expensive. He has three of them. Two fiction and one nonfiction. They are all terrific. Thank you. Um, you can see uh, Tarn Feathers Psycho Cinema is on Facebook. Unsane Radio is on Facebook. UnsaneRadio.com is a fantastic website where you can see the greatest pictures ever that uh, Dr. Tarn does for, for the most part. Um, TarnFeather.com. That's T-A-R-R-A-N-D-F-E-T-H-E-R dot C-O-M. 
go there. There's a bunch of shit on that site that people would really like, I think, you know. We have one of the most comprehensive Edgar Allan Poe um, sites out there. A lot of people don't realize that um, because we are Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe creations. But um, go there and check it out. And we have movies on there. Uh, Vimeo, you can find uh, Psycho Cinema, Dr. Tarm, Professor Feather on Psycho Cinema. Um, on Vimeo, we have a bunch of movies up there that are free, free to watch. Watch whenever you want. Download them. No, you can't download them. You can watch them. Anyway, there you go. Oh, you yeah. Movies. Cyclops movies. Another Mark Jeffers uh, venture, which he's put out, uh, he's produced, directed, uh, starred in, and done all of the janitorial work for three movies so far. Um, and janitorial are, is appropriate. Yes. And, and they, are, they, are, they are fantastic, fantastic <laughs> movies. You will be highly enjoyable. You highly enjoy these movies. What can I say? There you have it. Welcome to November. <laughs> and it snowed. 